0: Hello, witches, wizards, and everyone in between! Welcome back to Hogwarts University. I'm Alex, and I'm Courtney. And today we're going to be doing a deep dive into Chapter Six of *Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone*. Yes, it's a good one. It's very nostalgic for me. Yes, it's a classic. I I think of this chapter and its equivalent movie scene. Is one of the main reasons why I love Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, the movie. It's just so wholesome.
1: It is. It's very wholesome. And it's, when you're little, it's like the dream.
0: 100%. Even just not keeping in mind the fact that you're going to Hogwarts, but just being on that train ride, going somewhere exciting with your newfound friends it's just the start of an adventure
1: stuffing your face with chocolate
0: of course what adventure doesn't involve
1: that that was like ultimate for me i was like this kid has money for the candy
0: (laughs) yeah there's no doubt about that harry is loaded priorities obviously between you and me they're like
1: friends on an adventure i'm like candy (laughs)
0: I mean, I would not say no to friends with candy, so yeah, no. I probably could have gotten kidnapped as a kid. I'm glad it never came <laughs> up. Not gonna lie, I ate a Reese's
1: pumpkin right before we started recording, so.
0: That sounds so good. Why are Reese's better when they're shaped in fun shapes?
1: I have a theory about this, actually. Okay.
0: Well, I'm ready for it. Let's sidetrack.
1: This theory also applies to many M&Ms. So okay. that in mind. <laughs> I think it has to do with the ratio, because in a regular Reese's Cup, you have less peanut butter to chocolate. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the tree and the pumpkin and the Easter egg, you have like a mound of peanut butter covered in
0: chocolate. That is true. It does even it out a little bit better.
1: Yeah. Same with many M&Ms. The mini ones are better because you have less chocolate, more hard candy. So it balances.
0: Interesting. I like that theory. Side note to the side note, I am anxiously awaiting the day where Reese's releases their peanut butter like in a jar. Cause it's not mm. real peanut butter. It's like a peanut butter sugar fluff. Yeah,
1: it's it's too uh it's got it doesn't have the texture of peanut butter.
0: I think it would make so much money. Not that they need any more money. I'm not for us like giving into the corporations and
1: if you want to sponsor this episode Hit me up anytime.
0: Oh, absolutely. Reese's, we are here for you.
1: That Ron moment in um a very Potter musical when he's eating the giant Hershey bar. I want that to be my life with a Reese's peanut butter cup.
0: Yes, oh, I need to watch a very Potter musical so badly. I haven't seen it in years.
1: I don't think I have either, actually.
0: We should maybe do that before Halloween. We
1: should we should do that and we should. Bonus episode, it maybe
0: that would be so fun. Live stream it or something, yeah. I'm into that. Hey, become a
1: patron on our Patreon, and then maybe we'll live stream us watching AVPM 11 years after it was released.
0: (laughs) That would be so cool. What if we got Darren Chris to come on? No promises. I'm not promising you that Darren Chris will be there. I'm just saying, what if
1: you can have Darren Chris, but I'll take Lauren Lopez.
0: (laughs) Okay, fair.
1: Draco's the best in that.
0: Okay, anyway, speaking of Draco, chapter six. <laughs> yeah, let's hear that recap now that we've basically talked about the whole chapter.
1: Yeah, well, now we'll go in order without diversions. <laughs> so, essentially, I mean, Harry has to go home, which is something they don't do in the movie, and I get why. Because it just like is kind of like a blip on the radar. Right. But so, he has to go back home, and he just, like, kind of hangs out for a month, and then, like, uh, literally the day before he's supposed to go to school, asks Uncle Vernon to take him to the train station.
0: Poor planning.
1: And I just say, regardless of Uncle Vernon as a character, can you imagine the level of absolutely roasted you would be by your family, by your mom, if... The day before you had to go to a train
0: station? You're like, hey, mom, can you see me tomorrow? Yeah, that is a sign of an undeveloped frontal cortex. This kid yeah. does not have any planning skills what yet.
1: Hug. My mom would be like, no, what? No, yeah. Let's just drive into the city so you can take a train you didn't tell me about.
0: I mean, I guess... Honestly, he probably could have told him the morning of and Vernon would have been like, hell yeah, let's get you out of this house. Okay, fair. But Harry should have been more considerate.
1: Yeah. Well, also just like, they're like, yeah, we have to go into the city anyway. And I'm like, what if they hadn't had to go into the city anyway? Right. Right. Like, are you just screwed then? Like
0: Harry would have gotten his like big introduction to like being on his own in the magical world. He would have been taking the night bus at nine o'clock in the morning.
1: Oh god. Yeah, that's that's just poor planning. Just had to point that out, because my mom would be pissed if I ever did that to her. But so essentially they get to the train station and um he needs to get onto platform nine and three quarters. And doesn't know how. And this is where he meets the Weasleys. Oh, so important. So special. So cute. And he asks Mrs. Weasley for help. And she teaches him how to get to Platform 9 and 3 quarters, which is so cute. And then, essentially, he's on the train. So he meets the Weasley twins and Ron. And um, they eat a bunch of candy, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I mean, he runs into Hermione Granger and sees Draco again. And that's that's pretty much it. Then they get there and are they take the boats to get to Hogwarts?
0: Ah, oh, so exciting! I really want to know how it came to be that like the first years take the boats and everybody else, you know, does the carriages with the thestrals.
1: I think you. For utility, it's so that everyone else can get settled before the sorting ceremony, and they can, like, go through anything about previous years or whatever before the first years get there. I think, symbolically, it's an initiation.
0: Right. Kind of like, don't you have at your school that you went to, Courtney, there's, like, an arch that you walk through at the beginning and end or something?
1: You walk through columns.
0: Columns, okay.
1: I just dead ass gave away where I went to school, But yes, you walk through columns, and it's it, it is it's an initiation into your college experience. And I think this is very similar from a symbolic standpoint in that they like get this grand view of Hogwarts from the lake and they enter a different way. But I also think it has some function in that it takes them longer to get there
0: than right. I wonder, I mean, we never really see seventh year, obviously. I wonder if you get to take the boats away from Hogwarts, like, at the end of your seventh year.
1: Okay, I swear I've read that somewhere. Really? I have no idea if it's just, like, headcanon that they're, like, that someone was like, yeah, you definitely, when you graduate, take the boats back to the station when you're all done. But I don't know if that's canon or headcanon, but I'm 100% on board with it.
0: I'm accepting it as canon, and I personally would ball like a baby. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I did cry at my high school graduation, so I can't even imagine that. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I I don't know how you could not, honestly.
0: Well, especially because you don't really mm-hmm. go back to Hogwarts unless you either A, become a professor, or B, your student winds up being in peril danger at some point in the school year
1: yeah that's so true it's and people like kind of scatter like it doesn't seem like everybody lives in the same spot although it's easy to get different places I guess
0: right no but I think that that's kind of a product of them being in hiding it doesn't bode well for large communities where people stay in touch with one another
1: yeah like oh that's that's both adorable and sad wow yeah okay boats back to the station when you graduate
0: officially canon yes 100 percent. okay we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we'll dive deep into chapter six
1: All right, Alex. So what is your topic for this chapter six of the Sorcerer's Slash
0: Philosopher's Stone? It's actually really funny because the beginning of our show was pretty darn relevant to our topic oh today. What is it? It is. Um, I thought about things that we could do. You know, obviously, we could have done a character dive. We meet so many important characters in this chapter. But that's too straightforward. I wasn't up for that. I wanted to do something a little bit more offbeat. So today, we are going to have a little history lesson and learn all about the history of candy. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, what is more related to the Hogwarts Express ride than the trolley, as we discussed earlier? Me screaming about Reese's. <laughs> yes. Be <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, and I think before we get into this history on candy, I wanted to quickly touch on the trolley witch.
1: Um, she does not have fucking Edward Scissorhands hands.
0: She's a normal, nice, cute old lady. And human. all I have to say. Human. She's not a monster. If you don't know what we're talking about, it means you haven't read Cursed Child, bless you. And it means you're blissfully ignorant and
1: I yes, blissfully.
0: The Trolley Witch is probably the... (laughs) single worst part of Cursed Child and what makes me take it from like "Eh, don't really like this but I can accept it as canon to fuck this is the Edward Scissorhands well that and just like the fact that she's there as security and she chases the boys to the top of the roof or whatever why can she not just be an old lady that hands out candy why does she have to have a double meaning she
1: doesn't, and I'm that's all I have to say. Like that that part especially was just like bonkers. Like made absolutely no sense. Like, first of all, it was like, not even Fred and George Weasley got off this train. No offense to her, but I don't think no offense to her. <laughs> I don't Any offense to her is meant. Um
0: But I don't think people are like trying to get off the train. Right. Second thing, if she is, like, the protector of the train, where the fuck was she when Draco broke Harry's nose and then hid him on the Hogwarts Express?
1: Or when Dementors
0: got on the train? Mm, interesting.
1: Oh, another way that Cursed Child doesn't fit the original canon. Okay, cool. Yeah, so
0: had to go down that tangent because I don't think you can talk about the trolley. Without addressing the trolley witch. So, I literally, if you hadn't gone down that tangent, I was going (laughs) to. Glad we got it out of the way. Now we can go into the much more wholesome, happy history of candy. Turn up. Okay. Starting off a fun etymology because I just can't help myself. Oh, yeah. Me too. The word candy has an interesting little trail of etymology, actually. It comes from the Late English, Middle English term, sugar candy, which comes from the French sucre candy, K-A-N-D-I. Of course, can I just
1: say, like, of course, the original word for candy came from the French. I feel like they know what they're doing with dessert, so. Well, you know what, we're...
0: This isn't the end of the etymology train, but you're right. French do have a monopoly on delicious desserts. But sucre candy says is means crystallized sugar. Oh, okay. That word comes from the Arabic sukar, which is sugar. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I butcher your pronunciation. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: It's like azucar, right? That's Spanish.
0: Right. Okay. But then. Candy, I'll I'll just say candy, but it's Q A N D I. So maybe, Condi, Condi, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what a Q is without a U.
1: I'm get gu- I'm gonna guess Condi, but I have truly no basis for making that assumption.
0: <laughs> so sukar Condi, which means candied sugar, and that is based on the word. In Sanskrit, "kanda," which is a fragment. Whoa, yeah. So it goes all the way back. I just love when words have a name behind the meaning that's not Latin, because Latin's so common.
1: That's true. That is very that's... true.
0: So you can thank Sanskrit-speaking people for candy.
1: Wow, that's That's real cool. That really goes back. I like it when a word goes really far back in etymology, because it really bums me out when I look up the etymology of a word, and it's like, it just started happening in England 300 years ago. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, we've done, you know, our research into Shakespeare as theater people, and just how many things weren't a word before he invented them? Like, they just straight up had no name, in English and he just came off the cuff with them.
1: Yeah, he just he made shit
0: up when he didn't have a word for it and now we just still use them. So, the first candy according to many of the sources that I found um were mostly just fruits and nuts rolled in honey. Mm, classic, yeah. Sounds sounds delicious. I would not complain if you handed me some fruit rolled in honey.
1: Yeah, that's, I'm I'm with you there. It also makes sense that that's kind of the start. Because I feel like regarding sweetness and accessibility, fruit and honey were like kind of top of the chain.
0: For sure. They're definitely easily accessible when you don't take the bees into account. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um little snack. But it's believed to have been invented by most sources I read in ancient Egypt. Where else? Yeah, I mean, what wasn't invented in ancient Egypt? Yeah. Um, It could have simultaneously been invented, though, in other places around the world, such as ancient China and Persia. It seems like it popped up pretty quickly around the world, so to figure out the exact starting place can be difficult. Mm, those trade roads. hmm Yep, they sure got around fast back then. <laughs> so fast. I wanted to mention it because I think it's it's big if true, but <laughs> couldn't find any legitimate source to back it up. It was literally on, like, a candy blog, so will <laughs> t- take that for what you will. One source found that it claimed that they had evidence that even cavemen were dipping nuts in honey. I could see it. I could too. It seems like it would be very plausible. Like you said, it's pretty easily accessible. Yeah. I I
1: mean, hey, humans like to dip things in sauces. That's just all, that's how it's always been
0: honey the original ranch
1: yeah they threw some mustard in there a few thousand years later Mm -hmm. and then chick-fil-a got crazy with it yeah we all know how this goes
0: oh chick-fil-a chick-fil-a makes me so sad
1: porn episode i'm so sorry to everyone
0: (laughs) (laughs) i know i'm gonna be like hungry after this yeah i'm gonna need another reese's pumpkin so flowers were also coated in honey Sometimes just to preserve their beauty, but also sometimes to be consumed. I don't know whether you would consider honey-coated flowers as candy.
1: I guess I just can't imagine. Like, I feel like that would be very... uh, Like, eating a flower doesn't (laughs) sound that nice to me. But
0: Right. But if it's coated in honey... honey. It's more
1: the texture I'm concerned with. Like, are you Mm. eating rose petals? Because, like, meh. I don't know, but, hey, you know. I have
0: eaten rose petals before. They're not good but they're not bad
1: yeah i'm getting like if you ever eat something that just has like no flavor other than being a plant <laughs> hold it in honey
0: somebody out there what i would really love for you to do is like take like a spinach leaf or a piece of arugula or something dip it in some honey and report back
1: i'm just picturing just like roughage covered in honey <laughs> yeah <Yum. laughs>
0: What a treat for all those cavemen children. Yeah, I feel
1: like that's a snack you could definitely give like a rabbit and they'd be thrilled.
0: The evolution of candy, nothing really changed until the Middle Ages, when it was first figured out how to process sugar.
1: Can I just say,
0: last episode we talked
1: about how everyone started... Getting high in the Middle Ages. So mm. the fact that candy got
0: really good around then, just <laughs> sugar was first kind of processed, manufactured. Of course, as with anything new and novel, it was incredibly expensive. So having candy kind of became a sign of the wealthy. Oh, of course. Yeah. So this is where some people think, like, you get the Candy bowls that, like, either people have in their houses or you have at a business or something, right? Just because it was like a sign of your wealth and you wanted to flaunt it.
1: Wow, just saying 500 plus years ago, my grad school salary would have made me look so rich <laughs> because I <laughs> right now, so currently in today's times. Everybody knows I'm a grad student and grad students make no money. But once upon a time, my Reese's Pumpkins would have made me the talk of the
0: town. Uh, oh, especially if it was Reese's Pumpkins. Like, So along with being incredibly expensive, something that was often done with the sugar was that spices were mixed into it, which mm. made it more for medicinal purposes than... For like yum I wanna eat a piece of candy. What? Medicinal
1: purposes?
0: I think like so when you're doing the sugar work, it like hardens, Uh obviously. So I it sounds like they were making like early lozenges
1: Uh. or
0: like ginger chews for Uh your stomach.
1: Yes, 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 yes. I was literally I could only picture cinnamon. And I was like, oh. <laughs> what? Yeah, yes, like
0: they, they put the cinnamon sugar on their toast and everything was better.
1: Oh, that's true, though. That's true.
0: Oh, it remains true today. If you have cinnamon sugar toast to start off your day, you're doing pretty great. Yeah, that's the life. Coco was introduced to much of the world after the conquistadors, quote, discovered it. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> uh, no.
1: Also, turn up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that indigenous nations were using it before then and that Columbus didn't discover shit. So.
1: Yeah. True. Nothing. Sorry
0: if you feel like that's controversial. It's not controversial.
1: Nothing in this hemisphere was discovered by a white man.
0: Literally nothing.
1: Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Smallpox. Yeah. Ugh Ugh Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Chocolate's dope. Imperialism's not. True. That's it.
0: The one thing that I will give them, and I cannot verify this beyond the sources that I used. They did say, though, that cocoa was mostly used in unsweetened drinks by the indigenous people and that the people of Spain were the ones that originally mixed cocoa with sugar to make it sweet and candy-like. So if you have to give the Westerners something, there you go.
1: I'm going to give it to them, but I'm going to posit based off of no facts other than my own opinion that that was done by a woman.
0: Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> a man came home from months away at sea and is like, honey, I brought you something. And she was like, what is this bitter shit? Let <laughs> me make it better. Yeah. And that's how they got hot cocoa to dip their churros in.
1: Oh, fuck yeah.
0: So good. So we're going to skip forward a little bit again. Yeah. Because the next main candy craze mm-hmm. happened... During the Industrial Revolution of the 1800s, sugar became much more easy to process and therefore candy worth or value dropped a ton and made it accessible to the common man.
1: And cavities were born.
0: Yes. This is also coincidentally when dentists became popular. Boom. Hermione Granger's parents. Yes. Yes. Wrap around. That's it. We're done.
1: <laughs> we brought it back to the books. That's all.
0: So one of the sources that I used was the Thought Co. article that was actually a really interesting history of candy. But it mentioned that by the mid-1800s, there were more than 400 candy factories in America. Oh, wow, that's so exciting. That is really cool and just... Thinking about, A, how much smaller America was then. Oh, true. How many less people and stuff there were. That is a lot of candy factories.
1: (laughs) The, like, per capita situation. Right. (laughs) Amazing.
0: So, this also brought about the beginning of penny candy stores, which is exactly what it sounds like. You can go to the stores, buy a piece of candy for a penny.
1: Wow, I wish that still existed.
0: Wouldn't that be nice?
1: Candy stores don't really seem to exist anymore.
0: No, not on their own. It's all just, like, within the grocery store. Unfortunately, penny candy stores kind of had a double uh, purpose. Oh, God. Yeah, well, it's just that many of the kids at the candy... or. I gave it away. Many of the people at the candy factory working were child laborers.
1: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm.
0: Who is the most likely to go and spend all of their wages at a penny candy store? Shit. Oh. Yeah. So not a a fun cycle to get into. No, definitely not. I gotta be
1: honest, when you said there was a not great side, I, for some reason, thought it was going to have to do with the mafia. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a fun twist?
1: But yeah, the child labor is also a bummer. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's, it's also a bummer. I think I would have rather it have been the mafia.
1: I thought they were going to be friends. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> yes. Penny candy stores were like the face of prohibition. You went into a penny candy store... You put down a quarter, and they handed you a bottle of beer.
1: Hey, that's not a bad idea.
0: (laughs) No, it's really not. (laughs) Honestly. Let's go back in time and do it.
1: Yeah, we'd make bank. But we won't be associated with organized crime. Don't worry, (laughs) y'all.
0: So, in the penny candy stores, I just wanted to point out that rock candy was the most popular because it was, A, the most easily manufactured, and also... I guess people like it. I've never been a huge fan of rock candy.
1: I have never been a fan of the taste, but it looks so cool. I feel like it's it attractive, one day.
0: especially. I don't know if they were dyeing it back then into all the different colors, but it is. It does look really cool. My, I wrote in my notes though that it is a fun science experiment, but not super <laughs> fun to eat.
1: Yeah, they were probably dyeing it with, like, cyanide or some shit.
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) The same thing that they dyed women's makeup in in the early 1900s? Mm Mm-hmm. Yikes.
1: I feel like that was just everything then. They were like, yeah, we were turning this purple, and now everyone has cancer.
0: (laughs) Where is the FDA?
1: (laughs) Did they exist? If they were, they were doing a shit job.
0: I don't know if they existed, but th- yeah, they were not doing anything.
1: They were like, cocaine solves
0: everything. Um, it looks like the FDA, the I modern know. FDA, dates to 1906, so maybe it was because of the cancerous rock candy. Maybe. I Who knows? I cocaine. Well, yeah, it definitely <laughs> could have been that, too. 1847, it was a Super important year for Candy because two big things happened. One, Oliver Chase invented a lozenge cutting machine. Oh, of course. Well, right. It doesn't sound super relevant, but he created Necco wafers. Oh. And it kind of set the tone for like pretty much every candy of that variety. So like Smarties and even things like Jolly Ranchers and stuff are you know, the way that they're cut Yeah. It stemmed from that lozenge cutting machine. Hmm. But my favorite thing that happened in 1847 is due to an incredible man named Joseph Fry. Seems like a Fry. Put together (laughs) the very first candy bar. Oh,
1: Joseph.
0: We love him. We love him. He mixed together cacao butter, cocoa, and sugar.
1: Mm. Put it into
0: a little mold. Voila.
1: Oh, Fry. You prince. We love you. Damn, I'm gonna need another peanut butter pumpkin for
0: sure. Oh, absolutely. I hope you all treat yourselves after this. It's October.
1: At least when we record this, it's October.
0: That's true. It might be November by the time we're...
1: Leftover candy. It's probably on sale.
0: So that was kind of the history of candy in general. I mean, it's very straightforward after that. It continues to become more popular in 1901. uh, Hershey makes the first rendition of the Hershey bar. My king. The rest is history.
1: Oh, God, I love Hershey. I really want to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania and do, like, the the theme park.
0: Oh, that would be so cool.
1: I would literally be in heaven there.
0: I want to go there and I want to go to, like, the M&M world in Las Vegas.
1: Oh, I've been there. Have you? Is it cool? It is pretty exciting. I went when I was 13, maybe even 12. So it was inc- it just... Blowing my mind. I was so excited.
0: I bet that would be, I would feel that way now as an almost 25 year old.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I would too.
0: I wanted to touch on a specific candy that I feel like has the most relevance to Harry's world. Okay. And that is jelly beans.
1: Oh, true, true.
0: I was actually hoping that there would be. Enough information in here to do like a whole thing on jelly beans. Um, not so, <laughs> no, because <laughs> it's actually a mystery. Oh, that's saucy, yeah. So, my theory on this is that like it has magical origins and that maybe Birdie Bot's Every Flavored Beans came first.
1: I love that. Oh my god,
0: and then the muggles eventually adapted. And why do these two vomit?
1: Let's just do nice flavors.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. But the first known reference to jelly beans is through a Boston candy maker. His name was William Schraft, okay. who encouraged people to come to his candy store and buy his beans to send to soldiers <laughs> that were fighting in the Civil War. Oh, that's
1: kind of cute.
0: Yeah, very wholesome. He wanted people to just support his beans. I don't know why I
1: find the phrase buy my beans <laughs> so funny.
0: <laughs> Come buy my beans.
1: truly, that's... I can't not giggle at that.
0: <laughs> but Schraft didn't claim to be the first to invent jelly beans, though. Like, he didn't take credit for that. So, that's where the mystery kind of comes in. Who did invent it, if William Schraft didn't?
1: That's, like, pretty, uh pretty cool of him to just be like, no, like this is, I didn't make these up. I just right. have my, like, that's pretty humble.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know if he ever said that quite directly, but the, the source that I was reading said that like, he didn't, he didn't like try to take ownership over it. <laughs> your so yeah. Yeah. Very wholesome. And he was encouraging people to send them to union soldiers. So,
1: yeah, that's cute. I don't, yeah. I mean, utility in war, minimal, but morale booster, definitely.
0: I wanted to end this episode though with a little game. Not a big game, but a little one. Okay. I listed some of the most commonly mentioned candies in the Harry Potter universe. And I wanted us to just kind of quickly think about their like muggle equivalents.
1: Oh, hell's yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. So I'm just gonna, like, say the word you think of the muggle equivalent.
1: This is, like, word association. I'm really into this.
0: It really is.
1: Acid pops. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess just, like, a sour lollipop. Yeah. I was
0: yeah. thinking warheads.
1: Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, warhead on a stick.
0: Warhead on a stick. Easy. Birdie bots.
1: Jelly beans. Specifically the bamboozled kind.
0: Yes. Chocolate frogs. Just chocolate?
1: Oh, chocolate bunnies. Yeah. Chocolate Santas.
0: I was thinking chocolate bunnies, so point there.
1: Boom. Oh.
0: Cockroach clusters. Oh, kind of like turtle, right?
1: Yes. Wow, I feel so good at this, which is like... <laughs> I feel like I'm getting a good grade right now. School never ends. Grad students, hey.
0: I will be honest, they get a little bit harder. Oh,
1: shit. Okay. Drubles. What? Is that the candy floss? No, but I do have
0: tooth flossing string bins later. But it's Druble's best blowing gum. Yeah. I just wanted to see if you could get it without it. (laughs) Damn it. This one is the hardest one. Fizzing whisbies.
1: Oh, I it's like I think of it. Well, I've had them in Harry Potter World. Right. I think they should have been like Pop Rocks, but instead they're chocolate bugs with Pop Rocks in them.
0: That's, yeah, I think that that's fair. I was thinking a little bit differently, but I will absolutely accept Pop Rocks. What I didn't realize that the whole point of fizzing whisbies is not supposed to be that it fizzes it makes you levitate
1: yeah it makes you float in the books
0: yeah so I was kind of thinking like if it's just like in the books to me it reminded me of like something really light and airy like cotton candy oh okay yeah but I I like pop rocks because that is what it is in the parks ice mice
1: oh I can picture these in my head but I can't think of what they're like
0: so the best that I could find is that they are kind of like little white chocolate mice that are, are like cooling.
1: Mm, maybe that's why. Like, I think of something. Because I'm like, bleh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one you already kind of touched on, the tooth flossing string mints.
1: Yeah, that's the cotton candy one.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that.
1: I, in my mind.
0: I mostly just included that one because I wish that that were a thing. I would be so yeah. much better about flossing my teeth.
1: I have a water pick changed my life.
0: I keep hearing about those. I have not made the leap yet. I so I think flossing is gross, like
1: the touching the string like bit, I think it's disgusting. oh yeah, it's nasty. And so I love my water pick because it just like shoots things out from between my teeth with water, and I like don't have to think about it or like touch it.
0: I'll have to look into it. I'm a big fan. Sponsor?
1: <laughs> Hello, water You
0: want to send me a water
1: pick? You know how we just talked about candy
0: for an hour? <laughs> <Help> <laughs> this is walk. the perfect time to jump on that sponsor train, honestly.
1: Honestly, though, if Quip is uh, lurking.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Quip, are you there? I own your toothbrush. Oh, you do? I do own a Quip. Yes. Oh, yeah. See you're already ready. I'm, oh, I'm so ready for it. I'll sponsor it any day. All right. And that is my history into candy.
1: Boom. I loved that. Gotta yell about chocolate.
0: <laughs> chocolate. That old lady from SpongeBob.
1: Oh my God. Chocolate? What's he saying? <sighs> <laughs> oh God. We're two millennials to so the SpongeBob reference. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing for the first time I have
0: season. watched SpongeBob much more recently than I care to admit.
1: I need to I need to take a gander. Although I feel like I have the whole thing memorized, so I feel like it's fine. <laughs> At
0: okay. least the good seasons before it got all I don't know. Gen Z does a lot of good. They did not do a lot of good to the Spongebob series.
1: <laughs> Although I really think that the origins of my anxiety is that episode where he gets um, stuck and the bust won't come, oh my gosh, when he's at come. rock bottom, yeah,, Ugh. and everyone talks by spitting. I really think that caused like some childhood nightmares.
0: <laughs> Wait, you know the like origins of bikini bottom right
1: no because
0: okay we're think- we're gonna talk about it after the show,
1: oh, turn up, okay,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, let's get out of here, um, Courtney, what's? their homework for the week
1: okay your homework for this week is to go to our twitter and vote on whether white chocolate is chocolate there will be two <laughs> options for the answers, no and definitely not and that is all um and also while you're on the twitter you could follow it and you could also follow the instagram if you're on a diverse set of social media types and you could also follow the TikTok, if you're really diverse in your social media so yeah hello gen z it. hello gen z <laughs> now that we've trashed your spongebob opinions although i prefer when they're called zoomers i think that's hilarious that is really funny zoomers hit us up on the tick of talk or as i once typed it to alex i think i ta- called it the tick tom the tuck tom
0: Yeah, it was something that was definitely not TikTok.
1: My autocorrect was like, you are too old for this. Uh,
0: Speaking of Tom on TikTok, while you're there, subscribing to us, also catch Tom Felton on there. He's got a good TikTok presence. I've noticed that as well. (laughs) Use the hashtag DracoTalk. Obviously. Duh.
1: All right, well, that (laughs) can (laughs) go long winding episode
0: I'll end it on this Tom Felton do you want to sponsor us
1: (laughs) Tom Felton friend of the podcast (laughs) personal friend alright well thank you for listening
0: everyone thanks Tom bye